will be low. Our climb will be steep. We may not get there in one year or even in one term. We as a people will get to the promised land. I promise you, we as a people will get there. And whenever men and women straighten their backs up, they are going somewhere because a man can't ride your back unless it is better. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing anything. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to Everybody Mad, the podcast where nothing is off the table, facts are currency, and at some point, everyone will feel uncomfortable. This is what happens after. Welcome to Everybody Mad, the podcast. Welcome back to Everybody Mad. You're now into Everybody Mad chat room. This is your boy, Rel, and as always, I'm thankful that y'all keep tuning in and streaming these episodes. Uh, there's there's more coming. There's there's always episodes out. If you haven't already, check out that Aquarian Rel episode. Uh, the Black Group Trips episode is out. Make sure you just go stream those. That's that's what's recent. That's that's what's out as of now. But there's definitely more coming. If you haven't already, look out for the OnlyFans uh, interviews that that are on the way and merchandise coming by the summer. That is something being worked on. Uh, but I am joined in the chat room this week by a guest. I've been trying to have this conversation. We've been trying to set it up for a while. We've chopped it up here and there in a number of other spaces on IG, uh, Clubhouse. But I really wanted to have the conversation for the podcast. And the topic that I wanted to talk about, I really felt like uh, this person, could we could really chop it up on, on, in this in this conversation. So I'm going to just get to it and let them introduce themselves. Uh, say what's up to the people. As always, I ask guests to give their name age, sex, location, and one interesting fact about themselves. So say what's up. What's going on, everybody? I'm Shaheed Muhammad, 33 years old, black man out of Los Angeles, California, currently residing in uh, Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, one interesting fact about myself is I'm, uh, I'm a black cowboy. That's what's up. So what's th- what's that really mean? Break it down for, for, for the listeners. Man, um, I it's just I embody the true Western life, you know what I mean, all the way back to our original roots to where, you know, um, you know, a lot of people don't know that the the first cowboys were black, you know, a cowboy was a derogatory term, um, that's how it started out, but you know, then, like everything, it got culturally appropriated and they tried to make it cool and... Uh, the white folks took it and ran with it. But right now, you know, what we're trying to do is just bring it back to our, bring our history back and shine mm. a light on it. But, you know, what it entails, man, it, it varies depending on what type of cowboy you are. Like some some cowboys, you know, they, they don't even really ride horses. They're just big on the ranch life, um, just work just work with their hands around the, around the ranch, the, the farms or whatever. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, so, um, you know, for me, I, I've been big. I've learned so many, um, added so many additional skills to, to my toolbox as far as, you know, being able to, um, you know, just provide my own food if I'm ever caught out in the wilderness or, you know, build my own fire, provide my own shelter, et cetera. So it's a lot of different things, you know. That, that's very interesting um, that you say all that. Like, you even started, like, with the roots to like know like like realistically like the first you know cowboys you know were black um they taught like the white cowboys you know the the tools of the survival on the land and things like that 
Um, that, that's ultimately how the, it became popular to be a cowboy was once the white boys learned it. Um, you know, they were able to, to, to uh, what's the word? They were able to forge for themselves, like you said. Um, so now as, you know, you've got a, you know gotten yourself into it and you've learned, you know, like you said, you know how to survive on your own if you're ever out there. Get your own food, how to start a fire. And I think that's what's up. I think that's that's right now currently right now you know it's kind of it's kind of the wave right now you know what I mean like in our culture you know you had Meg the Stallion she came out kind of cowgirl theme you had Lil Nas X etc yeah. and then I'm starting to see just a lot more people you know being curious to the lifestyle. I think that's a good thing, and I'm I'm happy you brought it up because you know the show is all about like exposure. And so, you know, to, to just have this as something else we can, you know, bring more exposure to, um, particularly because it's something that black, it's a space black people, black people are in every space. And more and more as I have conversations on the podcast, more and more as I just try to open my, my mind up myself, you know, I, I try to become more cognizant of, you know, the different spaces that we occupy and how we're occupying those spaces. And for me in that, it's, it's like it says take it up and make sure that, you know, we talk about it, that, you know, people are... Um, aware that that black people are involved in this hold on i'm gonna cut that uh, you know new york city sounds and, and things but yeah so i i just you know i'm happy to you know be creating space to make sure that we we expand exposure of these things because spaces that black people are in are spaces that i always want to make sure um, you know, people know about. Yeah, but not only not only do we just occupy so many different spaces, it's like we dominate those spaces. No. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so for me, when it comes to the to the the cowboy life, the cowboy culture, you know, growing up, it just it was more so. You know, I was I was well traveled. I was you know I, um, you know, my mother was a Black Panther. My father was FOI. So I was always in tune with black culture so mm -hmm. i knew that there were black cowboys etc but like just growing up the image of the cowboy was predominantly white yep. so you know when i finally you know in my later years and more recent years and i started to get more exposure to the white cowboys as a black cowboy and i start to just look at them and look at us and look at them and look back at us it's like yo we do this better than y'all mm. you know what I mean? mm. we, we we know more than y'all do. You know what I mean? And the outside world does not know that. So it's just like, it's a lot of spaces that we're in that we like, for example, I, uh, you know, like sports, like tennis, it's just like the greatest tennis player to ever live is a black woman. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So, and right now the greatest tennis player in the world right now is a young black woman. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, like I was looking at, I think it was ESPN or something. Like it's a, it's currently right now, um, a NHL, a hockey team. Right now, they got three black players on their roster, and I'm like, oh man, it's about to get scary. Yeah, <laughs> I remember a few years ago watching uh, Real Sports, and they covered uh, like one of the first black guys, and he was just talking about like you know the fact that you know it's it's he's opening the door, and it's like there's gonna be more to come through. And it takes me back to that, uh, 
I think it was the Chris Rock joke when he was like, could you imagine a LeBron James at hockey? And I'm just like, this, that, that it's, it's real. Like when we, when we decide, you know, that we're just going to occupy the space, you know, it's, it, it becomes a space that's recognized, you know, as, as a black space, like Twitter, like, you know, people know black Twitter, like that those are real things. And so, you know, we, we are in those spaces and yes, we do dominate and we should definitely don't, don't quote me on this, but I, I, I I believe that black, a black man had a hand in inventing the sport of hockey. If I'm not mistaken, I know there's a documentary out called black ice. I haven't seen it, but it gives the history of black people in hockey. So I'm going to actually look into that more because if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, a black man might have invented hockey. I'm not. I don't think you're too far off. I don't yeah. feel like you're too far off, to be quite honest with you. Um, I, I've always said, like, if you if you trace many things that, that um, we consider to be, like, a part of just, like, you know, any sort of relevance in today's world, um, you, you trace those roots and it, it likely comes through the door of something black. And, 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 and I don't just mean like, you know, of the diaspora. I mean like Africa, like rooted in that nature black. Um, and so, yeah, like, like I appreciate like talking about it. And I mean, that's the topic we're talking about today. We're talking about black men. Um, we, we are having a conversation uh, about what what's life like as a black man uh, and how do we have more conversations where we hold black men accountable? Um, and, you know, I, I mentioned, you know, we've connected in other spaces and whatnot. So the the uniqueness of Sheet and I coming together was, you know, in the middle of quarantine, you know, people having uh, IG live conversations. I forget exactly which one um, I hopped in and then, you know, just chopping it up, you know, having different sessions, uh, Sheet and, and Steve. Um, and, and I, I found just a synergy there in the conversations and it was beautiful, uh, to be a part of these conversations as they were happening. And so I, I from then, you know, definitely wanted to try to make sure that I, I had, uh, this conversation and, and, and really just, you know, bring some, some, some more exposure, uh, to, you know, black men in the conversations that, that we have. Um, so for me, I recognize like the fact that, you know, we grew up on two different coasts. I'm on the East coast. She's on the West coast. And yet there was still just, a uh, a reverence in terms of, of how we carried ourselves and how they carried themselves. And I appreciated and respected that. And so I felt like, you know, we could have this, this, this conversation about, you know, the ins and the outs of, 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 of life as a black person, as a black man. Um, so just, you know, sum it up for us. What was life like growing up as a black kid, uh, West Coast, L.A.? Um, and then what's it like now being a black man uh, in Phoenix, cowboy, all of that? You know, it's crazy you brought up those those Instagram live sessions we had during quarantine. Because it was like, man, we used to go to like 2, 3 in the mm-hmm. morning. That was my time. So yeah. It was like... Four or five year time, you know what I mean? It, but it was that was just it was just such quality conversations that we were having, and it was so necessary to, to have them. That's you know it, it was it was needed. But um, you know, growing up in, in LA, South Central LA, gangbang capital of the world, um, I became numb to so many things. You know what I mean? That I just thought were a part of life. You know what I mean? Like, oh, dude just got beat up and his shoestring snatched out of shoes. Mm. 
Oh, well, it is what it is. They ain't, they ain't messing with me. They, they think I'm cool. They leave me alone because I'm a basketball player or whatever. Um, our dude just got shot. Or my friend just got shot. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's sad. But after two, three of them, it's like, oh, you know, it is what it is. You know I was what I mean? Especially as you get older and you start to see those friends adapt or, or fall in line with the gang culture, you know, you, you know. Where it's going. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you typically know which way it's gonna go, so you you kind of have to you have to have this hard shell, this hard exterior. Like, hey man, you know it is what it is. That's the life he chose. Um, mm. Even with me, like I got shot. I was fifteen or sixteen. I was in the tenth or eleventh grade. I got shot on my way home from the barbershop on my way to a basketball game. Um, dude ran up on me, emptied out his whole clip, only hit me once. Damn. That's I went wild. to school the next day. I was already conditioned in the mindset. Like, when the police questioned me, I didn't know nothing. I, you know what I mean? I was just minding my business, walking home. I, you know, the typical mentality of the kid in the hood. Like, we don't talk to cops. We don't know what happened. Um, you know, I went to the I learned so much in that brief experience. I went to the hospital. They, they did what they did, you know, as far as giving me medical attention. And the nurse or the doctor told me, like, hey, you're going to have to call your parents because we can't admit you into the hospital because you're a minor. And it was a violent crime. Anytime it's a violent crime, we have to we can't register minors in under their name. So they basically was like, you here under John Doe. So we need you to contact some some people to let them know yada yada so all i heard was like oh so i'm really not here even though i'm here and i called my cousin up like yo come get me we about to slide out like i'm not about to you know what i mean like so i didn't even let my parents know like eventually as i got older became an adult and i realized how much trauma that actually was and how much i needed to talk to people and tell people what actually happened and took place that they really got the the full story but like, I, after that situation, I went to school the next day. And it was so crazy because the first year, the first year in the aftermath of it, I was just like, I wanted sorrow. I wanted pity. I wanted the world to stop around me and people to, like, feel, you know, my pain or whatever. And when it didn't, and it was, it was crazy because I never told too many people about it. So they didn't know what was really going on, but when the world didn't stop around me and people just went on about their day-to-day life, school, work, you know, life itself, it was like, all right, I became really dark. Like, okay. So here I was, an innocent kid, minding my own business, not bothering nobody, and somebody tried to take my life. So now, when I see nobody really care, it was like, all right, well, I'm going to get like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it was like, like, now it's going to be you before me. And I got dark, and then it wasn't until I moved to Arizona and started to see life different. Like, I remember, like, the first month or so I got here, it was I was at a basketball gym working out or something. Me and the dude got into it, and I blacked out, like, bleep, just beating to a bloody pulp. Like, and and I, all I remember is my, my, my cousin and my brother, when I was back in L.A. as a kid, they used to fight pit bulls. And whenever a pit bull would lock, on one of the other dogs and it's about to kill it. Like my brother and my cousin would call the dog's name in a, in a distinctive voice to kind of get it to snap out of it. 
And all I remember in that fight was my brother calling my name, like, Shahid, Shahid. Like, snap out of it. And I snapped out of it, and I just saw my, the results of my actions, and it was like, whoa, that was scary. Like, and my brother, I remember having a conversation with my brother, like, yeah, man, we're we not in L.A. no more. You know what I mean? And that really made me stop and think, like, damn, like, I was really living in a cage, like, when mm -hmm. I was in L.A. And then when I, even though I was well-traveled and, you know, I, I'd been places, it... It's the environment. It's just, the environment that you're more accustomed to and used to set the rules of my, my nature in the life that I was living. So um, I made a vow to myself. I was That was like, had to be about 2009, 2010 when it happened. I made a vow to myself, like, man, if my life is not in danger, like literally on the line, I would never, I would never fight again, especially a black man, because we was in the gym. It was at like a, a LA fitness or 24 hour fitness or something. And I had about three to four dudes that just got off the weights, like having to pull me off of this dude. And I was just like, if it was just me and him, I don't know where I would be right now. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I could have killed that dude or whatever. So, um, and I haven't had a, I haven't had a fight since then. And I don't want to, I don't plan on having a fight. I don't want to have a fight because it was just like, that's not, that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, I've been, people ask me all the time, like, still to this day, like, man, you go out alone, like, you don't be, it's like, nah, because I'm not looking for trouble. If I see dudes mad dogging me, looking me up and down, it's just like, I look the other way. I don't mind, you know what I mean, letting him have it. You know what I mean? I don't mind apologizing to a dude if I accidentally bump into him or step yep, on his I shoes because it's just like, my life and his life is more valuable than that. It's just like, I was thinking the other day, like, man, the man's ego is so, like, fragile or whatever you want to call it. Or we have so much pride to where it's just like we are willing to give and take life for the smallest things. Uh -huh. <laughs> like, like you would literally take a man's life because you felt like he looked at you wrong or you felt like. You didn't like the tone in which he said something. You willing to put your life on the line and you willing to take his life all because of that. So that that's just like some of the realities that some of us as black men have to have to really deal with. You know, it's so you talked about trauma and I want to get back to that. Um, but I agree with you. Like I haven't had a fight since high school and, and that was legit, you know, after like like Niggas started, so it was just like, all right, well, we, we you know, we got to defend ourselves. But as a, as a grown man, as a 32-year-old man, I, I don't see no need to fight. If I bump into somebody, on my fault. If somebody bump into me, yo, it's okay. Like, especially if I know you ain't mean no harm. And it, like, it's even in my new shit, like, it's all right. Like, we, like, it's a, it's replaceable. Like, it's, I, I got money in my account. Like, I know I can go buy another one. Even if it's not, like, you know what, like. I don't lost other things that were okay, important. It's I'm okay. crazy because like I get bumped. I'm a you know I'm six six. I'm a I'm a tall dude or whatever. I get bumped into a lot like out in public spaces. Mm. When I see dudes like how they react to when they bump into me, like they really think it's gonna be an issue. And I'm like, yo, it, it's not that deep. Like it's like I know you wasn't trying to like flex on me or nothing. It, it ain't that deep. We ain't about to box or nothing. Like you know, I appreciate the policy. You ain't. Like, some dudes have even tried to, like, dust my shoes off. And I'm like, man, come on, man. It, it ain't. 
No, it's not that deep. And see, you know, I want to get like so going back to that, you know, the trauma. It's like our environments because in some ways you talked about like you know that that mentality you know of of you know having getting shot and you know you wanting the world to to respond. Um, but you know, not even having the words or the wherewithal to, to really express what it is that, that happened to you. And, you know, the system is automatically looking to, you know, report you and and it's not you per se, but it's like, it's looking to like get you involved in stuff that, that, that community wise may not be the best for you. Like having the cops roll up to your house to figure out why you were shot. Like that may not look good for everybody in in, in, in every neighborhood. what happened was I went back after dude, you know, shot at me or whatever. I ran back into the barber shop that I came out of. I didn't even know I was shot. So I ran back into the barber shop and I just told the lady, like, yo, they were shooting outside. I didn't even tell her they were shooting at me. Because um, I didn't want her to be like, oh, no, nah, get up out of here. So she was the one, like, oh, going crazy. Like, oh, my God, you got shot. And I'm like, what? So I looked down at my forearm. And I'm like, damn, I did get shot. So she took me in the back of her shop. It was a Mexican lady. I'll never forget her. She took me in the back of her shop, closed her shop down, like, you know, set me down on the floor or whatever. And, uh, you know, just made sure I was good. So when the cops got there, I'll never forget it. Like I said, I was probably 15, 16 at the time. I'm 6'6 now. I probably was about 6'3 at the time. But I'm sitting on the floor. And these two white boys, two white cops roll in. They, they, I don't know how tall they were, but me sitting on the floor and them being in, in full uniform and got their hands on their belts and their guns and everything, like, they looked like seven-footers. And the way that they were talking to me, like, they like, sir, get up. And I'm looking up, like, oh, wow, like, they towering over me. And they like, sir, get up. And I'm not even, like, computing. That's my point, yeah. Thing. Yeah, so he got his hand on his gun, like, I'm the threat, and I'm like, whoa, like, like exactly. Yeah, I, I'm the victim here. You know what I mean? So that that whole situation was just, it was wild. And and that's exactly my point about like the like so like even in that like that part of the trauma of the system, you know, like where it's, it's as a black person, like you're automatically then perceived as the threat. Even though you are now the victim, so like there's 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 that, and and the and there's trying to you know figure out how to navigate the world in that you know sort of situation. I remember uh, being what I was, I was eighteen at this point. Yeah, I was eighteen at this point, but I had a gun pulled on me, robbed, uh, and everything. Me and um, my girlfriend at the time, we were uh, sitting by like the park. We were just sitting in the benches, just chilling, just chilling. We had, you know, just you know, met up, been walking around. Two dudes walked up on us, pulled the gun, took our uh, bags and stuff, our cell phones, and it was just like you from that can can develop this this rage because I was upset, like I was angry, like I remember. Um, like I, like after they, like, like after they, like they walked off and I knew they weren't there. Like I like kind of ran off behind them and it was just like, it was because it was this, this rage. I'm like, yo, and I look back at that and think back at it now. And it's just like, that could have ended, you know, really bad. And I, and I'm thankful that I'm here and it didn't go, you know, any worse, but it, it, it could have built up this, this, this rage in me. Um, so I understand when you say, you know, your, your guards were up because my, my guards, you know, as, as a black person are up in general. 
um, when I go outside. But, you know, it becomes more of that now where you do have to have somewhat of a, a hostile state to yourself. But we can recognize that, you know, that ain't healthy. Right. Uh, you talked about, you know, you uh, got into this altercation playing ball. And, you know, you, you realize, like, the result of that. And you don't want to get back to that point. So, walk us through, like, what you, what what the manifestation looks like for you in terms of having that self-control. And, and in what sort of situations does that manifest itself? Is it just, you know, in your interactions with another dude? Is this interactions with family? Is this interactions with women, um, co-workers, so on and so on? Man, everything. Like, that particular situation is so... Um, you know, I'm at, immediately in the aftermath of it. I'm feeling myself because he took off on me first. Like, you know, he 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 caught me with a cold one. Like, and not gonna lie, it probably would have put any other man down. But I, for whatever reason, I just had so much in me. Like, nah, you know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna show you something. So after that, you know, they broke us up and everything. And like, I had a gash over my eye. He he leaked me. He he had me leaking. Um, so I'm walking out and I see one of my boys walking in and like, I feel the warm blood rushing, you know, rushing down my face. I'm like, the adrenaline is going. I feel like, I feel like I'm on top of the world, um, because I just put this man down or whatever. And my boy that was coming up, never forget my boy PT, good dude, real good dude. Like the way he looked at me and the way I reached out to shake his hand. And he, the way he looked at me and stepped, he's put his hand out, but he stepped aside like he saw a monster. And in that moment, I felt like a monster. Like, damn, yo, PT, it's me. You know what I mean? Like, it's your boy. So I didn't like that feeling. And then just, you know, thinking back and reflecting on it. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm trained in the arts. And one of my teachers was like, you know, the true strength is the is self-restraint. You know what I mean? Knowing your, your ability and knowing your power and being able to control and contain that, you know what I mean? So, um, you know, just throughout the years, um, not even that, as, as well as, you know, um, this cowboy life, interacting and dealing with horses on a daily basis. And, and they have their own personalities and their own spirits. Um, and that's something greater than you, mm. something that's more powerful than you. And that can do you just like you just did that dude. You know what I mean? So, um, but, you know, uh, being able to grow up and mature and interact with with women, more specifically black women on a level beyond sexuality, you know what I mean? Really getting to feel and mm-hmm. learn and understand that level of feminine energy and understanding that you have a, a your own levels of feminine energy within yourself, you know what I mean? And That's knowing fast. how to live knowing how to live in your own feminine energy when you 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 could be let the masculine roar out if that makes sense I know exactly what you mean and I feel like that's the point of this conversation is to draw out how we find that balance and the respect for the balance um like, and I, I, I want to throw this out there because I, I want to put this in the context of just like 
um, understanding like that. I want to put out. Right, so I'm gonna just draw it in this context. Uh, Chef Kwame uh, Onwachi has a nail polish co- line coming out, and I think it's fucking dope that this man, this black man, uh, is putting out a nail polish line, and to 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 be you know uh, outspoken about this shit, and it's like it's not feminine. Like creativity, we could say, is the feminine energy. We can say that's the feminine, and that's what that is. That's creativity. That's not, you know, uh, you know, girly or or a woman thing, you know, or feminine like that. That that creativity is is the feminine energy, um, not the 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 actual nail polish and putting that on. And I and I think it, it's it's in bringing up an example like that that I want to like go to. How do we, you know, as as black men, make more space? Um, to hold conversations about, you know, recognizing the balance of feminine and masculine, masculine energy in, in all of us, particularly black men. I think, you know, we have to really be comfortable with when, when we talk about strength and toughness and, you know, the ability to, you know, just be this big, strong guy. It's just like, okay, let's measure that. Mm. Let's measure this. Let's see how strong you are. Tell, or not even someone you are close with, go apologize to a man that you might have had beef with that wasn't major or something like that, or, you know, y'all had a misunderstanding or something. Let's see how strong you are. Go go, go say, hey, I was wrong. Let's talk about it or whatever. Like, you know what I mean? Because it's so easy to say, nah, we got we to gotta square up. Like, we got a box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> But let's see if you can do something that's not easy for you, that you're not comfortable with. Let's see how strong you are when we require one another to step out of our comfort zones and really, you know, go into things that don't. It doesn't require much. It takes way more to fight a man than it does to just say, man, that was my bad. I was tripping. Are we both tripping? Yeah, I mean, that's how we can really start to measure, you know what I mean, how strong we truly are. I feel you on that. And I want to say that's facts because like I put this out, I was talking about this on my Aquarian Row episode where like I stand by, you know, you know, shit that I've said and, you know, actions and whatnot. And I don't have a problem, you know, going up to someone and addressing like, yo, that was my fault. Just having a conversation and, and, and squaring it out. Um, and it, and it don't have to be hostile. Like I, I, I'm like that when you mentioned it before, like the ego, and, and what immediately came to my mind was the the Cole song "Pride Is the Devil," and it's like it's it, it's it really is because like it don't take much to be like yo my bad or like yo like like you said go apologize and and that's that's strength in that like it's it, and even creating that opening that door to say yo that was my fault or even like you don't even gotta say it's my fault like yo just be like yo that bothered me. And let me just tell you why that bothered me. And that be it. Like, I'm going to just tell you why that bothered me. We ain't, hey, you ain't got to say nothing. You ain't got, we ain't got to square up. But, like, it's it's that level of, of, of strength that I feel like we, we do have to to bring to the forefront. Um, and when we're, when we're talking about having conversations. Um, so we in- just got to be, we got to be more comfortable. Because the reason we don't do that is because it requires certain emotions to be expressed. Like, as men, we don't like when we speak and our voice starts to crack. 
You know what I mean? We don't like when we speak and we know we about to be moved to tears. You know what I mean? So some of these things are going to manifest those things. So it's just like, nah, I know if we have this conversation, I'm going to get emotional to the point where I, I, I might have to shed some tears and I don't, I, I don't want to show that. You know what I mean? So I think, you know what I mean? It goes, we just got to be more emotionally expressive. You know, you, 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 you spoke truth just now when you said all of that. And I, I wholly agree. Um, but I feel like I know for myself, you know, as I as I get older and as I just I learn, I guess I learn more and I, I look deeper into just life. Like I'm trying to, like you said, be more of that. Like so be more uh, expressive, like, you know, have conversation with homeboys. You know, if, if even if, you know, it felt like there was some beef and it might not feel like a comfortable space. Like, yo, let me let me check in and see, you know, see if, it, if it's copacetic just because like you, you my man's like I and. And and I feel like I was listening to something, and it was just like you don't want thirty years to go by, niggas is beefing because nobody wanted to say yo my fault or apologize, and it was just like yo that's right, and it's like I, like it don't it don't need to be that way. Like we we don't have to continue you know to hold on um, to to that trauma um, and, and to you know the 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 environmental context that played into you know that hostility and that anger that we have and and so i want to get into what are some outlets though like that we can that we can talk about to try to like you know be more expressive because you mentioned like you said you know uh we may not feel like we want our, our voices to crack or we may not want tears to shed um but one we first gotta we start have to start encouraging that so how do we we really start to encourage that Man, honestly, I think, man, it's going to sound kind of crazy, but I think women, like, you know mm. what I mean? Like, we, that's one thing as men that we can kind of come together on and, and, you know, when you're dealing with certain men, it's just like we all love women, right? So women truly set the standard. You know what I mean? So what, I, what I've learned is, like, you know, the women that I've grown away from and that I've grown um, less fond to are the women that that like that bravado, that machismo to where they want to see you beef. They want to see mm. you like, you know what I mean, like be at odds and flex on dudes where, you know, you have some women that are more in, uh, in tune with just, you know, that peace. You know what I mean? And it's just like those type of women require a certain type of energy to, to be in their presence, to be around them and, and and that's that was honestly that's been, um, you know, my that's helped me grow so much, um, to where I think that if we as men can come together and have a have women as the common goal and not because we could get together all day and talk about who we want to smash or who we did smash, and you know she got a fat ass or this or this or that. But we don't ever talk about like, man, I'm at peace when I'm around this woman or I love the way this woman did this or did that when it's not a sexual because that's when a man's true nature comes out when when women are the topic or women, the, mm -hmm. we're in the presence of women. Right. So I think if we can eliminate the sexual aspect, the sexual component of women but we still focus the attention on women, 
you will see a lot of different type of things take place as far as men being able to be emotionally expressive when it comes to women. Like in my friend group, um, I asked the question and it wasn't to like, it wasn't to like put nobody on blast or front street. It was just to make us really think. And I asked my boys, I'm like, Hey, have any of y'all ever sexually assaulted a woman before? And of course, everybody was like, nah, 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 nah. but it's just like, nah, really think about that. Mm-hmm. Like not, because the moment, when we hear that, we think like, nah, I've never touched a woman inappropriately. I've never, you know, I've never raped a woman or anything like that. Nah, have you ever like made a woman feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. based on a sexual advance, based on a, you know, anything of that nature? Like me, I, and it's, I'll yes, be transparent. We, we, yeah. We got to all take accountability for that. My answer was no. But then I thought back about it like, nah, I was, I'll never forget um, where I was, I was in college. It was freshman year. I had a little shorty. We was rocking, and um, you know this this chick would do anything for me. Like she was lit. She was a one solid, right? And my boy, he went to another school. He was like a, a older one of my older bro- bros or whatever, and um, he had an interest in it. And, you know, me, at a young, dumb 18-year-old, I would rather please him than protect mm. her, mm. right? So, you know, he had an interest in her, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's nothing to me. You know, she just jump off, whatever. So I was in their room kicking it one time, and she wasn't, she wasn't like, dressed inappropriately. She just had her, her, her house clothes on, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. some shorts and a, maybe a T-shirt or something like that. And he came in, he was kicking it with us or whatever, and I thought it was funny and cool to be like, all right, I'm going to catch y'all later. And I left her in the room with him. Now, God God willing, nothing happened. Like, you know, he didn't advance on her once she, you know, was like, yeah, no, nah, I'm cool. But I think back, I thought back on that as an adult. Like, yo, if he would have did anything to her, I caused that. Mm-hmm. I, I got that, that stain on my hands. Because I, I orchestrated that. You know what I mean? So I had to reach out to her and, and remind her and apologize to her. Because she, she confronted me about it, you know, right after it happened. Like, why you leave me in there with him? Like, ooh, ooh, ooh. But I just was like, oh, man, you know, he cool. He ain't, you know, I'm 18. I'm not thinking. But as an adult, I had to reach out to her like, yo, I sincerely apologize for that. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, I have no idea where that could have went. Now, thankfully, he wasn't, you know, he was a decent dude to where he wasn't, you know, he didn't force himself upon her or nothing. But but I think if we really start to just, it take like for me, I, I put myself out there. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I was just like, hey, I'll, I'll put my, my head on the chopping block for the sake of us to just be vulnerable. Because that's what it's going to take. It's going to take vulnerability. Like to where someone else I'm like, yeah, I do remember that one time where I did X, Y, and Z. You know what I mean? Like, um, but it, it's gonna take a, a you're gonna have to have a martyr. And it's crazy. My name Shahid. It means martyr in Arabic. But you're you're going to have to have somebody to just step up and take lead and say, you know what, I, I did this. I, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? That's 
That's factual. And I feel like I, I've I've spoken on this, you know, myself publicly about, you know, my my own past history with a uh, previous situation in college. Um, similar to just making advances, you know, what, what I thought was respectful at the time wasn't, you know, respectful to them or to her. And, you know, once that was brought to my t- attention, you know, I, I was able to, to be cognizant of, you know, that situation. Um, and, and recognize that, you know, it, it, it was a, it was a, it was a blurry line of, you know, what, what, what we now understand is the need for consent is making sure that, you know, each time you're, you're making a step towards to engage someone in that manner sexually, um, that you have, you know, their consent, um, and that there's a conversation about it between, you know, those people, because we have to recognize, like I said, the creating the space, Creating the spaces for, for energies and, and what energies look like, you know, but between people and excuse me, as men, um, you know, it's it's important, like you said, to, to look back at that and, and recognize how we, we, we can set the tone, um, you know, within our our interactions right there with women. And then, you know, how, you know, that could, you know, forward um, in terms of you know, our interactions with other men, because here it is like, you know, let's say we, we both had a, a further appreciation, you know, for the women that we were engaged with at that time. For me, you know, it would have just been immediately taking a step back. For you, it would have been like, yo, homie, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with that. Right, right. And, 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 and in that, it creates now, you know, a conversation, like you said, you had that conversation with your homies. For me, that's a conversation, you know, with other men about like, yo, have a conversation about consent. That should be a conversation that y'all be having. Like, so it, 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 it really is, um, you know, about us, you know, taking, you know, the accountability, you know, first and foremost. Um, you know, you can say, you know, how our interactions are with our women, um, you know, help set that tone. I, I can't, you know, disagree with that i can't yeah because it's like it's like you know women have mastered their feminine energy because they live in that more than they do their masculine so why not because that's the trouble that we as black men are having is first understanding that you indeed have a feminine energy whether you want to admit it or not um and also being comfortable choosing to live in that feminine energy over the masculine you know what i mean so I think if we, you know, again, stop so much sexualizing the women and appreciating them. Like, it's, it's so crazy because when I stopped looking at women as far as just sexual objects and, you know, just arm candy and whatnot, my level with women skyrocketed. Mm. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It was like, damn, I unlocked a whole nother level when it comes to women just by not being so focused on one thing with it. Mm. That's real. It's interesting that you said, you know, uh, uh, before about tapping into the feminine energy of, of men. I posed this question uh, on Facebook. I'm actually just go back and pull it up because I just posed it. And I think it just speaks to what you just said about, you know, recognizing that we do have that, you know, that feminine energy. And just from the start, like, being able to tap into it. So the question I asked was, do fears of stereotypes like being called gay or a bitch or a woman or a simp even uh, hold black men back from a variety of experiences? Um, That's a fact. That's a fact. I, 
I feel like for myself, I, I've tried to, 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 to not limit myself in life. So I've always tried to tap into different experiences. But I understand that um, that, that that's a reality, I think, for a lot of, of black men. You know, there's there's a there's a trepidation or a reservation, hesitation of some sort around, you know, one of those labels, particularly the first three. Um, and I think uh, the the fourth one is is hidden behind the, the 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 other three, and it was interesting that a number of women commented on the the post, and 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 responded yes, and there were a number of 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 black men who said yes too, um, but they were all the women also pointed to they wish more black men were you know responding to the post, and. I, I don't have a, you know an answer for why or why not, but it, it just was interesting to see um, that that was the response, and it, it speaks to this conversation that we're having now about just you know really being able to tap into you know the energy um, and and recognizing that that it exists you know in us like. I, I, I just like I said, I, I've tried to make sure like that as I live life that, you know, you, you you allow life to draw you in to the different, you know, opportunities that it presents to you. Um, and as I've, you know, just become more of an adult, what I, I, I do in those moments is just try to be more aware of how I respond, um, respond appropriately, respond, you know, respectfully, but be present um, and not let, you know, uh, the, the the my inability to not see my you know abilities of recognizing my feminine energy um to deny it from being drawn out through this situation right yeah it's funny that, like when you say that it makes me think back to like man can you imagine how many dudes that grew up in the hood might have just turned down a good job opportunity because they might have had to dress a certain way yo like, just something as simple as like you gotta tuck your shirt in and wear a tie, and they like nah, cause it 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 pulls them away from that image that they've been given, that we have to live in. Like you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Yo, it's so interesting that you say that, right? Cause like I went to private school all my life, so we wore a uniform, and I remember, um, you know, around high school time, uh, I, I I I was okay with the uniform, but I also like had to like wanted to adapt to it to have this coolness to how I wore it so it wasn't so it didn't give that sense of like stiffness and and and, and it's this sort of one-way approach and then I remember some years later I, I put up this post I think I had come from a job interview or, or work maybe I don't remember but I, I was I had a uh, I had on a, a suit jacket and a tie that day and I remember just taking this selfie and I was just like, yo, I remember when I used to not feel comfortable getting dressed up. Now this is one of the most comfortable fits I feel good in. Like, let me, like, I, I, I remember a couple years ago, me and the homies, we went to the uh, high school reunion. And I remember one of the homies actually said this the other day. He remarked on it. It was like, yo, we were, we were the best dressed at the reunion. I was like, yeah. And I remember the leading up to that. We were literally literally talking it up to each other like yo bro you're not about to be flying at me at this reunion kid like i'm not yo check the blaze away for the blaze like and so it was that it was it was that level of excitement and so yeah it it, it, it is recognizing that there is a real transition that has to happen in life um that you do go from a point of boy to man 
and that it, it has nothing to do with your physical makeup. Um, it has nothing to do uh, whether you can shoot a jump shot, um, but it has everything to do with how you show up uh, in the world as an individual and, and what sort of energy you possess as you navigate the world. And so, and so to, to kind of wrap up this piece, um, what sort of, I don't even want to call it advice, what sort of spaces would you just promote to help, um, one, gain further uh, recognition of one's feminine energy and the balance of one's feminine and masculine energy? Um, and then two, just outlets, you know, to, 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 to find, to, to just, for one, for oneself, whether it be ball, whether it be, you know, further exploring cowboy, um, like what are some, some spaces, you know, that we can promote for black men to just further, you know, access themselves? Well, first it's, um, we first got to understand, we gotta, we gotta know how to define what feminine energy is. You know what I mean? Because when people hear the word feminine, they automatically want to tie it to women. Mm. And they want to, they want to tie it to something soft and something like docile or whatever. So like feminine energy is just like, you know, the ability to, to express oneself. Like mm. so the reality is if if you as a man, you know, something happens that you don't like and you lash out angrily and you start like you know, just wrecking shop and destroying things. I know where you're going. That's, Go ahead. That's still feminine. Yes, it is. Just yes, it is. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just because you, like, made it look tough and, you know, you might have lifted a car up or something, that's still being ex- emotionally expressive. Yes, it is. You know what I mean? So we, got, we just got to kill the stereotype of feminine energy being a bad thing for men and masculine energy being a bad thing for women. Um, but the outlets and the spaces we can create, it, it, I think it first starts with us. You know what I mean? Like now I do understand more um, as far as like, you know, saying things that we heard growing up, like, oh, boys don't cry and things like that. Like, you know, instead of saying like, you know, boys don't cry or what you crying for, make that what you crying for sincere. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, what are you crying for? What happened? You know what I mean? Like, how, let's get to the root of why you're crying. And, you know, how can we change the response to whatever it is next time if it happens again? That's all facts. I'm going to just label it as, let's really start breaking generational curses. That's it. Right. So, moving into money, power, respect. Um, Hot boy summer. What's your summer plans? What you doing in the world? Man, this is like, you, you mentioned money, man. I, I'm uh, really starting to get into the, you know, um, focus more on the stock market and, and really, um, man, I'm going to start playing that game, man. Like, I'm, I'm going to start, like, you know, it's, it's really interesting. Like I said, I travel a lot. So when I'm in airports and everything, I, the airport is one of the, the best places to really understand life and what's happening around you. Mm. Like, you will literally see every 
end of the spectrum at the airport. Yep. Like, I've been in the airport, and I, I know for a fact that I've been sitting next to multi-millionaire people that don't have a, a care in the world when it comes to finances. And I've been sitting next to people that scrapped pennies together to get on this flight. You know what I mean? So um, when I was in the, when I'm in the airport, I, I pay attention to like my counterparts. Like I try to try to look for like white men my age. And one of the things that I would do, I would listen to the conversations that they were having. Um, you know, they talking to their boys about certain businesses and certain endeavors or things they're about to do on, on you know, and, and just basic phone conversations. So I go back, I went back to my boys like, yo, we not having these type of conversations. Like, you know what I mean? And this is why we're behind. You know, of course, you have all these other systemic things that put us in the positions that we're in. But there are things you can do to help climb your, you know, your mm -hmm. way out of this. Mm -hmm. And we have to start taking, taking, you know, the steps to do that. So, man, for me this summer, you know, I'm going to definitely, you know, um, get out, have some fun, you know, um, get my feet wet a little bit. But it's it's about building now. Like, I, I'm, I'm looking at it like, man, summers and weekends are going to be dedicated. Any time off is going to be dedicated to myself, my brand and empire that I'm trying to build and just just get to it. man. Cause yeah. I, I think we're in a we're in a uh, we're in a prime. It's like a prime time right now as far as our people go with a lot of people are are, are adopting the do for self model mm -hmm. and like, you know, getting up out of these workplaces and you know what I mean? So I'm going to get into that, you know, more um, like just just start, you know, even with, you know, people that have business. You know that I know. Like I just bought some hair product from my boy. I don't really need it, but it's just like, now nah, let me let me make sure he good over there. You know what I mean? Keeping his lights on, let him know I, I'm still here. I'm supporting you. Um, just putting out that type of good energy. Mm. I feel you. So because we talking about black man, I just want to say I love my niggas because we talk about those things. Like th right. there, are, those conversations are happening, um, and I I appreciate you niggas because it 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 it, it keeps me. You know, I mean, there are other things that keep me on my toes, but it, it, in that space, it, it does. Because, like, one, I'm happy to see it because it's, 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 it's black men that I'm, I'm, I'm closely associated with doing these and talking about these things. Um, and, and so I, I, I appreciate that. So it is happening in some of these spaces. We, we do have to encourage more of it. You know, so expanding it out, um, I recently joined another a circle where you know it's not just black men but it's you know it's, it's a group of black professionals and you know there are a number of black men in that space that you know i've been able to connect with in different things you know already so um we we, we just got to make sure that we're, we're, we're taking time to do more of it um i would you know on the the wavelength of just trying to make sure that we're elevating and getting it like right now is the age of aquarian and so that's all about shift and change and exploration. And right now, there's this moment of opportunities. Uh, you know, there's still a number of people who are unemployed, you know, as a result of, of, of Rona. And, and so 
for those who who want to utilize this space to you know further advance opportunities yo go for it like the the, the door is you know swinging open and you know politics you know where it may be like it's there's there's space opening up and 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 we we got to keep talking about it like i'm going to keep using this show to keep talking about these things like i've had conversations about politics already um you know you you mentioned something earlier about uh you know recognizing you know how you know men um you know receive women and how we interact with them like one of the the episodes that i want to talk about uh coming up is why do men you know perceive women as as property in a way um and 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 kind of as a as a as a thing that's just supposed to come along with life um and and so i say all that to say it's just like i'm i'm using this platform to open the door for you know these conversations and a part of these conversations are about you know creating space for us to to elevate um and 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 make sure that you know this moment don't pass us by like you know we in our you know 30s late 20s now um the millennial you know generation 60 is it another 30 years like i'm not trying to to like be having some of the same conversations about the same shit you know another 30 years from now i'm not trying to be looking at my, you know partners still struggling and shit like i'm trying to be in a space to where like 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 you said like niggas is in the airport uh pretty much living a little carefree That to yeah, me, that, that's that's that a good age, hot boy summer. At that age, you should just be giving out the game. Like, yes. Hey, look, this is what it is. This is what it takes to to get where I'm at. You know what I mean? The choice is yours. Giving out the game and got abilities to provide access to those who are willing to to show that they hungry and that they they gonna put in the work. Um, that, that, that's where I, that's, you know, for me, that's where I'm reaching. Like you mentioned the summertime and like, this is what you're doing. Like, and I'm thinking like, as you saying this, I'm thinking about the end of the fucking, uh, what's this track on the Cole album where Dame is talking about the work you put in in the summertime. And he's like, yo, like, you don't cheat yourself. That work you put in, it's just like, and it's just like, yeah, like get into that bag. And and that, that, that's, 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 that can still be a hot boy summer. That's a be a fact. And, and it's crazy because, you know, um, it, it was interesting. Me and my boys, we did this, like, we literally went to Vegas just to have a business meeting. Mm. Like, we, you know what I mean? Like, we go into Vegas, we did, we could do this in the, in the living room of one of our places, but we gonna go do this in Vegas, in Sin City. And it turned out great. It got accomplished, you know what I mean? So, um, I think that's where our focus needs to be. Like, I see a lot of groups, like the black women are killing it. You know what I mean? Like, they they got they got it going. Um, and you know, it's some black men, black groups, they getting together, but you only getting together to go chase those women. Where it's mm. just like, now nah, you need to be on what they on, and you can meet them there. And now it's just like, you know, they see you over there at your your table and your cabana or whatever, and you see them over there at their table and their cabana, and then, like, boom, you you know, y'all cross paths, but if you literally just going to go over to their table and their cabana, you're doing it wrong, you know what I mean? Like, but but I'm, I'm excited, though, man. I, I think, you know, like, I see the, I see, I see the vision. I see the light, you know what I mean? Like, so, um, 
I'm excited for what the future has in store. That's what's up. That's what's up. Yo, Sheed, I appreciate this conversation. Like I said, uh, I wanted to have it for a while. Um, and one thing that I've just become very comfortable with the universe doing is universing. Um, so as stuff comes together, I, I just, I take it for what it is. Um, you know, I talked about it on a previous episode of just like taking some time to just like, you know, chill out and like be quiet in a way, but still, you know, involved and, 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 and out there. But this, this came together and how it did. And I, I think this was a beautiful conversation. So I appreciate it, brother. Um, I'm, I'm glad we got to do it. I'm, I'm honored to, you know, share a space with you. Um, I'm glad we definitely got it out of the way because it's been in the works for almost a year now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has been uh, almost a couple months. Uh, before we get out of here, let the people know where they can find you. Drop your info. Uh, I'm mainly on Instagram. You can find me at P0STA. That's P, the number zero, STA. And, you know, you can shoot me an email at CoachMohammed88 at gmail.com. But yeah, I'm mostly on Instagram, just doing my thing on there. Holla at this man. He's he's got wisdom. Uh y'all, if y'all thought this was a dope conversation, uh he, he's usually dropping some sort of knowledge or at least some dope ass cowboy pictures. So <laughs> there you got it. Uh thank y'all as always. Make sure y'all email everybodymadpod at gmail.com. Tell me how you feel about the show. Share ideas, topics, feedback, and comments. IG and Facebook, like and follow everybody mad. As she said, it's P0STA. Go holla at him. And everybody mad on all major podcast platforms. Subscribe if you're feeling this. If not, thanks for listening. Remember, tell a friend to tell a friend. Share this shit. Uh, what's a quote you go all by? Oh, just real quick. I almost forgot to plug my own pod, man. We got similar oh, yes. names. Your name is Everybody's Mad. Ours is Everybody's Right. So we're at Everybody's Right Podcast on YouTube. Um, also, Everybody's Right Pod, uh, or Everybody's Right on Instagram. So you can check that out. Um, but a quote that I, I live by, man, it's, it's, I got a lot of different quotes that I just subscribe to. Um, but I think my, my one of my favorite quotes is um, it's by John Wooden. And I don't want to mess it up, but I, I think it's called... Uh, it said, he says, um, talent is God-given, be humble. Fame is man-given, be thankful. Conceit is self-given, be careful. Mm. That's, one of my, that's one of my favorite quotes. Uh, it's by John Wooden, the legendary UCLA basketball coach. That's 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 real. Oh, I was gonna say real quick before we got out of here. Uh, we gotta figure out some time for all three of us to link up in LA yeah, yeah, and get an get episode. You, we gotta get you on as a guest. Yeah, we can we can do both podcasts uh, at that at that point. So uh, I'm 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 working on some things. So I might be out there uh, sometime soon. So I'll keep you posted on that. Bet, bet. Uh, before we go, live for something. The quote is. Uh, I'm sticking with this Cole shit. I'm on a wave right now with Cole, so I'm going to stick with it. Uh, why I feel faker than snow on the bluff? Maybe, well, maybe because deep down I know I ain't doing enough. Uh, so this conversation has been beautiful. Uh, I think the quotes line up in just terms of looking within ourselves and just recognizing, again, the role that we play in life um, and how it is important it is to, to just be cognizant 
of that day in and day out, particularly as black men. Um, so I wish everyone well. She thanks again. And we out of here. All right. Appreciate you. One term. We as a people will get to the promised land. I promise you, we as a people will get there.